0: Welcome to the Espoirs podcast, where I, Finley Newmark, chat to riders about their experiences at the under 23 level. This week, I'm talking with Cameron Mason. He's a teammate of mine at Trinity Racing on the road, but predominantly races cyclocross during the winter months. We talk about his two years at under 23 cyclocross, living abroad, YouTube, and his goals moving forward. I hope you enjoy it. I want to start sort of right back maybe even in junior um from your instagram it looks like you were doing quite a lot of mountain biking um maybe a bit of a mix of mountain biking and cyclocross um what what got you into cycling and and why did you pick mountain biking and cyclocross
1: yeah so i i've done quite a lot of disciplines for quite a while like um i got initially into cycling through through mountain bike like cross-country mountain biking uh, i did uh, a race with my cousin down south actually and uh like under 10s mountain bike xc and yeah it was just super fun just got stuck in and then when we came back up to scotland we found a local series and i uh, gave that a go and so all through under 12 i raced like in summer, the um, XC mountain bike, which was which was super fun, and then in the winter we kind of started to discover cross. Um So yeah, we we started doing saddlecross, and yeah, it was just that bit of different like challenge that kind of attracted to me. It was always crap weather. It was a bit racing with mates, and yeah, just in under twelve, super super relaxed atmosphere, and um, did bits of road as well, like kind of rsr type stuff as well as um a bit of track but i never really kind of got much out of the track side of things the, the kind of indoor aspect and the kind of clinical aspect of it didn't didn't uh, kind of appeal to me as much but yeah i ended up that mountain bike and sat kind of became my main disciplines as i kind of went youth and junior just because I was enjoying them more I wasn't doing particularly well I was going to nationals and getting experience and just getting around and trying not to get lapped and just like um yeah just ticking away and and then kind of yeah in junior the results started getting better and and with that kind of came more enjoyment I guess like we all like to do well and and that was kind of happening in Saddlecross so it meant that the focus kind of went more towards cross. Um so yeah, it was pretty natural.
0: I uh, I can imagine living so far up up, <laughs> up north in Scotland, um, like the weather out, up there and the 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 terrain and stuff. You're going to naturally veer towards that sort of adventure um i mean being able to ride up into some of the some of the hills around you i can see from your youtube videos and stuff that the scenery is pretty pretty crazy i would be on a mountain bike <laughs> and a cyclocross most days if i if i was living up there in london yeah. it's not not quite so not quite so um scenic but yeah yeah
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess your discipline is is a reflection of where you live as well. That's why the Swiss are so good at mountain biking, because they have access to these awesome trails and these awesome hills. And and yeah, like we've got a few like local trail centers and stuff. And yeah, if the facilities are there, you're going to use them um, and you're going to get better at them. That's why kids who live near to velodromes do really well at track. Or if they live near to um, cycle circuits, it's all kind of, yeah, based on that. But then... I guess as your like boundaries move out, then it doesn't become as much of an issue. Like when you start realizing that you can travel to certain like facilities or something, that's why you get guys. I don't know, like like Chris Hoy, who started in in BMX and then went to track. Like, yeah, the, they're all really good bike riders, and they just kind of transferred that over to something else. But yeah, definitely when you're starting, if it's easy and it's fun, then then you're way more likely to keep going. I guess.
0: Yeah. So I noticed when you stepped up to under 23 that you sort of you had a team that it's, well it wasn't a team it was it was your own setup um, with your own sponsors. How did that sort of can come about?
1: Yeah, so I'd been on kind of club teams and clubs uh, going through youth and and uh, and kind of under 12s because it's the best place to be. Loads of clubs, club sessions, and hanging out with mates. But just as I was going into well, yeah, coming out of junior, I was kind of taking things more seriously. I'd left school, so that kind of makes you think a little bit more seriously about things because it's full-time. And, And yeah, at that time, I was focusing on Saddlecross, and we were just trying to work out a way to make my kind of Saddlecross dream come true in terms of getting out to Belgium and getting racing with the best guys in the world and what the bare minimum for that was. So for me, it was, like, equipment, uh, some financial support, and like a few people on the ground to help me out. So yeah, we worked through the summer and kind of put together this group of sponsors, this group of contacts that could kind of help me do that. And yeah, the best option at that point was to go alone and go solo because there was no setup in the UK that could really do that. Uh, only since then has really Trinity and, and T P racing occurred, which is which is the UK Satellacross team, UK UCI Satellacross team. And uh, the Belgian teams were definitely above my kind of pay grade at that point. Like I was I wasn't pulling any interesting results in. It was just totally based on development and and that's what that um, that setup gave me was like all the tools I needed just to get out there, to get to Belgium. Find somewhere to stay for a bit and just get stuck into the racing, and it did its job really well because I started getting noticed and and in with the right people, and and then it led to led to better things.
0: Yeah, and I guess I guess that that's where um, cyclocross is different to road cycling and quite unique in that you can be an individual um, and sort of get into those big races, and it not really matter that you don't you're not part of a, a bigger team. Um, whereas in road racing you're not going to get into the races in the first place um unless they're sort of local races which limits your potential
1: um, yeah yeah it's interesting because the the barrier to entry to get into these world-class events is actually quite low but not many people do it because the actual racing is really hard so it, it the yeah, the actual barrier to entry is low, but the, the level is just as high as anything else. It's 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 kind of it's a smaller pool of riders, but it's still the best of the best, I think. Um, but yeah, I think that's the cool thing about South Cross is you could be a local rider from a region and go out and race in Belgium against the best juniors and U twenty threes in the world and do it off your own back if you have the resources. And yeah, and then you can go watch Vanderpol race in the afternoon and, and yeah, so I would recommend that to anyone Who's a junior a rider would just be to get get stuck in and yeah going out to Belgium is not about the results because you probably won't pull any but uh, it's just about the experience and and if you enjoy it or not
0: yeah you, you definitely took the, the proactive approach to stepping up to under 23 which has has paid off significantly especially this year so stepping up from juniors to under 23 like your first couple races or first big races that you did what were the main things that you you noticed in terms of like the the level in which you had to be at to 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 be with the best yeah it was a definite change like
1: yeah when you're a junior everyone's pretty much in school everyone's kind of yeah even in Belgium like it's it's a different level it's obviously a high level but yeah when you step up to elites you're literally a lot of the races there's no U23 race it's just the elites so that means you're racing with guys like Wout Van Aert and Mathieu Van and and that is the top of the top and and yeah you've got to expect that you probably aren't going to get a full race in lots of races you're going to have to just slog it around for as long as you can and then you get pulled out so that was definitely part of it and definitely part of my first year of U23 is yeah there were some races that I barely kind of got around half of the race before I got pulled and and just kind of yeah accepting that like working out where you can learn for next and then the next weekend try and improve and yeah it's unless you are like Tom Pidcock or like Thibaut Nice we'll see how he gets on and is it in his first year of U23 there's there's yeah same with road there's there's only so much you can expect and um it's a year of learning and a year of kind of like a, a real important for your attitude and, and your mindset and then when the kind of the development comes and the experience comes through and your physical body changes like physically my body's changed loads over the last few years and that could have happened when I was a junior or it could have happened later on in U23 um so yeah it was just kind of waiting for that and, and now that that development's happening I'm using all of these skills and all of these kind of yeah these kind of experiences to to help me to help me kind of progress
0: and how how did you manage your expectations because i can imagine if you cut if you're performing quite well as a junior and you're you then step up into the under 23 category maintaining that sort of i want to win attitude rather than um it'd be good if i beat this person yeah i, I think it's quite important and you see it in some riders they they step up and they lose that um i want to win and maybe you'll see it in some of the riders stepping from junior to world tour spending too long of their of their um career sort of doing not doing as not winning races um it could affect it how did you deal with sort of managing your expectations and then sort of building on that so that you could um sort of you can end up winning in the future
1: yeah yeah i think it's 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 an interesting one. Like everyone's different, and I think that the kind of nature of my development meant that when I got to U twenty three, I was still kind of on that upward curve. I hadn't really got to a point where I was totally dominating or winning or anything. So my mindset was always quite in that kind just of just get better under- and better. Yeah, and and that kind of like underdog mindset of like almost playing you down yourself down a bit, which in the long run was kind of I actually kind of protected me from like burning out too quickly it was literally just it was pacing me almost like I wasn't having insane results as a junior I was just kind of doing all the necessary steps and and actually now that I've got to U23 and kind of these bigger results are kind of coming closer I'm in a place that I can yeah allow myself to be a bit more competitive and and mental side like i'm not i'm definitely not like a ruthless race winning attitude type person like i go through the steps and that actually leads to great results and that's that's the, the way i race is i i give it my own but I, I yeah i've never got a huge amount of like motivation or like hunger from the winning side of things and that's different like there's like there's guys I know on the scene who need that and who have to work around that if they're not doing great and but then that also is like the double-edged sword is that that's what motivates them in training I get different motivations in training uh to them and then on race day then they possibly have to deal with with different sensations there so yeah yeah everyone's super different in that respect and but for me like it wasn't too hard to manage the expectations it was kind of yeah almost felt like I've spent like my years kind of preparing for that and then when it got really hard basically the the step up to U23 I was kind of yeah prepared for that
0: yeah I think that's lots of people don't necessarily um admit there's quite a uh stigma behind I like everybody that's racing should want to win and um should should be sort of very ruthless about it, obviously, you want to perform your best, but that ruthlessness about winning i don't i mean i I'm talking from an i'm I'm quite inexperienced in this, but yeah um I don't necessarily think that that's a necessary attribute that's needed for to, to be able to motivate yourself both in training and in the races to your best the best of your ability and get the best results you can um yeah. it's just within some people's nature and not within others um yeah. but that doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to be a good cyclist if you don't yeah. feel like a huge anger inside before yeah. before a race or, yeah. or that that I huge think- motivation
1: yeah and, and like cycling's so deep it's got it's on like so many levels that you can find motivation and find like enjoyment out of it like from a technical side or from a like an aerodynamic side or like the the kind of the technical side of that or your bike setup and um and then from the training side of things the kind of science on that side the the, the ruthlessness of, of race winning and all of that is is one part of it and it's and it's it's probably actually for everyone is the best part of it. it's the it's the it's almost it's a lot of the time it is the end goal because that's how the world works it's about like winning bike races and doing well but the lead up to that is different for everyone
0: okay and now just switching uh onto this or the the season just gone it's quite yeah. difficult for a road rider to to yeah we're talk, we usually talking talking years but i guess yeah, yeah 2019 to 2020 season um you were riding with the trinity racing uh setup what was what are the benefits there in cyclocross for for having such a sort of better bigger setup
1: yeah it, it really makes a difference and and for me going from like a very local like small setup basically with my dad and a helper and and going out the back of a small van at races yeah it was a massive setup to then having staff members and a soigneur and a manager and all this all this equipment and in south i do think it makes a big difference like if you can take out as many variables as possible on race day because there's a lot of them there's bike setup there's uh, conditions there's um all the things that are brought on by the win- by the winter like bad weather can like bikes all of that if you can kind of give that to someone else and just focus on that one hour of suffering then um then yeah, you're always going to perform better 100% of the time. So um, yeah, I think it made a massive difference to 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 the actual results. I think that was clear. That was that was as a result of re- of the training as well. But yeah, it was a it was a big difference and and teammates as well. I've never really had a proper teammate, and to have Abby and and Tom there most weekends and and kind of be able to kind of bounce off them. At races was 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 massive.
0: What what are sort of the main main things you learnt from from Tom and Abby? That's Tom Pickock and um Abby May Parkinson.
1: Yeah, ah, uh, lots. Like just uh, main things were just kind of the little things of just yeah. There's no there's no special secrets. Everyone's kind of doing the same thing and uh, but just doing it to uh, a point that yeah is consistent and and good for everyone. the the differences come with commitment and and um, and sticking on track and yeah, there's no secret kind of source out there that everyone's on. Really, uh, it's it is a you know, hope not, you
0: hope yeah <laughs> yeah I hope that's not
1: the best wording. It's more yeah not people are people are just going through the motion and it's actually people's enjoyment and and the little things that they're doing that that makes it makes the difference and yeah from from Tom directly just the yeah the preparation side and the mental side I would like learn from every week basically I get to watch him go through his race weekend and yeah I would basically discover like how me and him are different um, kind of see what things he does differently kind of accept them and then decide whether I would want to try them or not and I think a big thing I did do in the cross season was I tried lots of new things it was a good year to to do those things so my warm up was pretty much totally different at the start of the season by the end of the season that was something we changed um, my race day nutrition changed the whole season um, and I think we've got that pretty dialed and, and that was because of people in the team so people suggesting to try new things and I think that's that's a really good environment to be in there was no never any pressure Um, yeah it was just about trying new things and working out what worked for me because me and Tom are very different but there's a reason why things work for him Uh, so for me to try them is is a positive yeah
0: That's good and you obviously coming into the season you switched bike brands and um all, basically all your equipment changed what is that a hard thing to do i can imagine with cyclocross there's a lot of sort of weight uh distribution and and stuff that you have to get used to and takes takes a little while
1: yeah like yeah the bike setup is is a massive part and we were fiddling with it for quite a while and by the end of the season uh, we were getting it pretty dialed so i'm looking forward to kind of picking that up again for this season and the switch wasn't massive like obviously with trinity we're on we're on such dependable brands and such solid components that there would there were never any issues with with that side of things it was just about taking my old setup and kind of translating that onto the new bike and then adjusting some things and and we actually did change quite a lot with with bike fit um with with kurt that are actually quite specific to sat and and uh and they had really good effects actually and um, tires are a big thing as well so my tire sponsor changed um, and yeah, just getting used to them but we had the perfect kind of environment to do that like every week we, we could try new things and then stick with what we were and and um, our mechanics as well are super for across they're super knowledgeable and I learned so much from them in, in terms of tire pressure and setup and and just kind of opening my mind up to, to new ways of doing things because yeah mike for example raced when he was junior in u23 on the belgian circuit and he has years of experience and i don't i have like a handful and he has like tens of years so um that was that was really important as well
0: yeah i mean a, a road rider wouldn't really flinch if their tire sponsor changed um hmm. that like maybe people have preferences on tyre pressure and stuff and yeah you concentrate on tyres th- but it wouldn't really make as much of a as much of a difference so you, you guys are changing your tyres between between sort of races and different conditions the um, bike position as well I think it's one thing you notice quite a lot of under 23 riders with um, injuries and, and sort of with the sort of lots of support, but not quite as much as support as the the pro riders. But they're still we're still riding a fair amount um, and yeah. injuries can develop over over time. So I think it's yeah, it's really important to get those locked in and you get to know your position so that you can transfer it across to other bikes and make sure you're 100% comfortable before you're putting in those big training weeks yeah definitely. going on to training actually how did your training change from sort of your first year to your second year moving over to uh you were coached by Kurt no Kurt Bogarts yeah yeah I'm currently coached by Kurt and yeah the
1: changing the training yeah it did change and With Saddlecross, like, it's it's obviously a a very intense, like, five months of kind of racing and the training side is obviously super important, but it's more, like, almost, like, damage limitation, like, you're always going to get hammered at the weekend and there's only so much training you can do in between, Um, so the... The the biggest gains are actually in the recovery and how to how to manage your body and how to manage the intervals and all of that. Um, And we did it really well. Like we had camps in Drona in the season, which where we could kind of get our head down and get the most out of out of these blocks. Yeah,
0: you guys were uh, you guys were putting in some big miles when you came out. I was out in Drona similar similar time and got a couple rides in. But yeah, you guys were doing big big rides. You and Tom.
1: Yeah, and it's because it's yeah saddlecross is a funny one like we race a lot but then we have like we have kind of structured blocks where we don't race just to kind of get back on top of our fitness because as soon as you if you peak for a race after that race you're on kind of a downward kind of curve of of form and fatigue and stuff and you have to allow for your body to recover and and, um, yeah it's everyone's really personal as well like loads of people can just kind of roll with this loads of fatigue like race to race especially like some of the older guys like Lars van der Haar. like they can race like off the back of four races over the over the Christmas period whereas some guys if they like I've only been doing that many races like maybe once before like I did like 40 50 races in the space of like five months and that type of volume I'd never done before and the training kind of did match that like I was training a fair amount but then looking back now I realized I wasn't actually training that much compared to now which is almost my off season and now I'm training a lot um so is that is that kind of managing it so I think when we get back into the cross season it'll be yeah interesting to see how my body kind of um reacts to that
0: it's, it is interesting you know, the mental um, readjustment when you when you yeah. realize like oh my gosh um I'm actually, I feel like I'm taking a rest week, but actually I'm doing a training week from a couple of years ago. Um, Exactly. I've talked to, I've talked to lots of people and yeah, it's funny, your level
1: always goes up, which is an exciting part. Like what used to be a real tough week, like even six months ago, now it feels standard. Yeah. And that's the ideal situation is that your efforts just feel become like you go faster and it becomes easier. So that's ideal
0: so during um the 2019 2020 season you were living away from home in belgium um what was that what was that like and do you have any tips for living away from home for sort of people in their first or second year that are considering it
1: yes that was my first time like ever being away from home properly for a long time so we were staying in the breakaway in, in belgium uh me and tom and yeah it was it was different but i think like, I'm pretty good at looking after myself, so I adapted well to those that side of things. Um, and then from kind of a cycling-specific side, like, like your training routes, you'll take a few weeks to work out your new training routes, and then once you have them dialed, then that'll be a big kind of weight off your shoulder, you know where you're going, and you can find the best hills for efforts and things like that. Because, yeah, if you spend four or five hours on your bike, say if you move to Italy, or if you move to France to go racing, that's yeah you want to be comfortable and and work that out and and then apart from that just making sure that yeah you're looking after yourself and and doing everything you can to to yeah make the bike riding part easy so um just being organized like it's being organized with your diet and being organized with with jobs and stuff if you're living with someone else it's like it's normal things isn't it but when you're a cyclist you've got this kind of other aspect that basically runs you down and makes you not very productive so you have to remember that that you are not going to be very productive sometimes so if you just always keep on top of the little things then when you're absolutely zonked out from like six hours on the bike then it doesn't matter you can just kind of chill out for the afternoon and not worry about like the little things like sorting out food so you just get something out of the freezer instead
0: just yeah take advantage of uh wet times when you have energy you gotta you gotta do do all your little chores then um, yeah, and you, you. One of the things quite a lot of people will struggle with initially, obviously, will be um, food and like making food and stuff. You're, you're, you're a vegan, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. So that that um, is something that I'm really interested in, and something that like I I've significantly reduced. Well, I don't eat red meat um, when I'm at home. Uh, i have fish every now and then um sort of can add some challenges especially when you're living with someone else or with groups of people um how did you get around that sort of making your own food and like did you did you make food as a group or did you did you make food individually and then just make yours vegan and whoever wanted to do that did theirs
1: it was a big mix like i think Good thing was is that uh, Belgium's quite like Western and very easy, like lots of vegan options and stuff. Not as much when you're eating out, but like when you're cooking for yourself and you're going to the shops, there's loads of options. So I wouldn't worry about that. And but the yeah the cooking and like the social kind of side of things is always just a little more uh, awkward because yeah you are yeah. being awkward. That's the fact, <laughs> um, and you can't you can't really get around that. Uh, it's more how you like kind of you don't want to just come across rude um or ungrateful so uh yeah just be organized like tell people um i was just making sure i was always oh, open with people as soon as possible um with whether that was staff or with people we were staying with um because then they can start to think about how to work around your needs because yeah they ideally they'll respect kind of what your decisions as well which is is how it should be um but also the way I get around it is I cook more often so I'm very happy cooking the food I like and most people like eating my food so that helps like if you get really good at cooking a nice food then people even if it's vegan or is veggie or whatever then people eat it so Tom got used to my cooking and uh, but then yeah just having a, a substitute as well so when Tom would cook his meal I would just sub in something at the end uh, to give my protein and um, and he would have his uh, animal protein and then that would be me sorted so yeah just we got better at it and yeah some days we wouldn't cook together and some days we would um, and yeah with the team like everyone was was super kind of accepting of it and yeah, just being prepared. So having my own vegan protein powder in the bus all the time, so that it's always there and is sorted, and it means that Xenia or Swanee doesn't have to think about it. Um, just just those little things make make a big difference.
0: Yeah, that seems like like you've gone about it pretty pretty well. <laughs> like the um, yeah, just being aware. I think it's it's important to be aware that uh, yeah, you could be making the situation like you say more awkward and you just don't want to be ungrateful about any situation because it's it's a decision that you have made but it can affect other people who's sort of normal normal um, yeah
1: and it all it all it all comes back around as well and that was the biggest thing i learned as well just being on the team is that just little bits of effort here and there will come back around like everyone's putting so much kind of energy and passion into it that the little things make a big difference so um whether that's food or with tidying up after yourself just just little things they they make a big difference so yeah that's important
0: you got some pretty pretty impressive results um, towards the well towards the middle slash end of the of the season um, with third at the Nationals 13th at Euros 8th at Worlds and some really good uh, World Cup results riding for GB um, what was what was that like sort of to to have all that hard work pay off at the end of the year
1: yeah, it was yeah, it was a funny one. Like the, the first few races were pretty hard going, just like just in at the deep end, totally like whole new setup, everything. And that did that like going back to kind of adjusting to a new setup. That was that did take time, like just working out how everyone else works. Like Tom has been in this kind of environment for a good few years and and knows how everyone kind of functions. Whereas I was just totally new into it, so um, I think that was another reason for the progression I had. By the end of the season, everything was just really easy and flowed and there were no issues no hiccups and um whereas at the start of the the season I was kind of learning 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 lots basically and um yeah like as the better results came like it was always just little steps and then there'd be big steps in confidence and and that's kind of what I was running on was these kind of steps of confidence that I would then go into the next race just believing that a little bit more in myself or setting that a little bit more ambitious goal and that would end up along with hard work and along with getting everything right and doing the process that would lead to better results and yeah, it was like, super exciting like that did I got seventh in the Tabor World Cup and that was really my first like proper breakthrough result and even when it was happening I didn't really like I wasn't really like registering it it was just like just ha- it was just happening so quickly um, as I was just because with cycle racing like in U23 we literally race for 45 minutes it's it's just so quick it's like the first lap boom everyone's like crashing and then you settle into a rhythm you make places and then it's all over like there's no there's no hanging around so it's it was it's always intense but that week after was yeah, it was great just to yeah feel that little bit of hard work and that progression just just pay off and and that all came to a point as well at worlds like the lead into worlds was stressful just because it was worlds and I was putting pressure on myself because I thought I could really do a good result, and I was creating external pressure by thinking that other people were expecting stuff of me, which they were. But that's you should that was never really what I should have focused on. And um, yeah, worlds just went great, and the race race turned out great, and yeah, I got I got the result that I think I I deserved on that day, so that, that I couldn't have asked for more.
0: Yeah, definitely. So we've talked a lot about the performance, performance side of things. Obviously, you have a YouTube channel which sort of films your films your training, your your races, and sort of everything in between. Where when when did you d- decided to sort of pay attention to your media presence and 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 where do, yeah where did that all start?
1: So I'd always kind of been like taking along with it, and through school enjoyed kind of photo and video and stuff and i can't remember when exactly because i did make a definite i was like right i'm gonna make a new youtube channel i'm gonna start a vlog at number one and start making videos like every week so it was at that point it was a definite step to just start doing stuff but all the way like a lot of what people don't see but just because it's not on my youtube channel is like hundreds of videos that were rubbish uh, that I just made for fun um, but actually yeah the level I got to when I started properly making YouTube channels was actually quite good and that that helped so um, yeah I just did it a bit more regularly and and the more you do the more you learn and, and um, yeah that's probably the biggest thing a piece of advice with anything really is if you're worried about starting it then you should just start it and then when like same with a podcast or same with properly doing instagram you're gonna make mistakes but actually then it means that your podcast or your video or whatever next week is going to be way better um because you won't make that mistake again and um and then when like obviously when you're a junior like you're not exactly like promoting specialized or like you don't have a brand deal do you're just promoting yourself and then when I was kind of U23 and I was able to actually like leverage this kind of audience and this following, to to get bigger brands, which is the kind of perfect scenario. And then same with Trinity, like we work with big brands, and and part of it is that I have a I have this great audience that that follow me, um, and yeah, that's just kind of part of what I do, and it does go hand in hand with my with my racing. I if i do well i can shout about it and if i don't do well then i can show that as well because that's the kind of position i've taken is that yeah i want to be as authentic as possible and show really what it's like and that's a lot why people follow me which i think i, I think i think it's good
0: yeah i guess i guess that was going to be one of my next questions was how do you deal with the 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 pressure that producing content brings sort of during races both to produce videos whilst you're in an intense period of racing but then also the pressure may be coming from yourself knowing mm-hmm. that if you produce a good result you can produce a great video if or if your your viewers are expecting sort of yeah. um, progression and to keep making similar excuses week on week if you if you have bad races we just won't sort of look yeah look great
1: yeah I, that is a little bit of an anxiety like
0: yeah, feeling like you would have to have an
1: excuse and I think in, in that situation um, maybe I would be a bit quieter but thankfully just the way the results have been I haven't quite needed to make those excuses which is great but I also understand that it's not going to be happy, clappy forever, like you're going to have to, the reality of it is that it might not be great forever so, but in terms of the, the balancing it, like yeah, they I've balanced it quite well, I've never really felt the pressure to make it's always been on my side, like I'm not being pushed too much by from other sides which is really important um because it's got to go with uh, with your enjoyment and yeah there are definitely races that I really didn't feel like putting out a video in with and I basically didn't like the coxider race I just did terrible and raced race like terrible and All the videos look bad because I just I'm just looking at it going like I was really riding bad, so that video will never come out, and that's and that's I'm fine with that, and um, and that's part of it. Um, It is it is a highlight reel, um, as in like my YouTube is the highlights. Uh, I'm not gonna make a 10 minute video about when I'm feeling rubbish about training, Um, but I also think it's important to inject that little bit of reality that like yeah this is the best of the best. It's when you're seeing me. It's probably because I'm doing pretty good, and that's really important. Same with all of social media. and I think there's some there's some good pro athletes out there that are kind of showing that the reality side of things, which is important for young racers looking up at these guys, because it's so easy to look up and just look at me eating eggs and avocado and doing 400 watts for an hour. Like that's not. He is not always doing that. That's he is having shit days. Or like yeah, I think that's that the reality and and um yeah it's it's not it's not all it's not all good and that's important
0: yeah i think that's really important especially sort of under 23 riders taking it yeah. really a lot more seriously looking up and 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 with the whole eating thing it's sort of it's you're starting to go into an age where um uh, maybe losing weight is a is a sensible thing to be doing um all in, all in moderation, but. Um, yeah seeing pro riders posting sort of um big breakfast and it's like a tiny bowl of cereal yeah. it's like yeah it, it, that sort of is quite a responsibility that you you sort of you might feel like you need to take on to to show a few of the the bad times and and the the big breakfasts yeah, <laughs> before exactly. before your ride yeah. and yeah because
1: um, feel like we could probably chat about fueling for hours because it's just such a big thing in cycling and u23 but like, the videos that Alex Dowsett has done recently and Chris Opie have done, I think, really kind of get the highlights of, yeah, how important feeling is when you're, like, a developing rider. It's just, like, probably the, the number one thing that you could you should be focusing on is, is eating enough and feeling for your effort. Um, because, yeah, we, me and you, we're not, like, 30-year-old grand-tier riders. Um, we're, so we're in a very different situation to... To, to guys like Karen Thomas. So.
0: And you're obviously building up quite a big, big big influence with uh I think it's just over thirteen thousand YouTube subscribers and fifteen thousand Instagram followers. Uh what is there anything obviously apart from um trying to get people into psychocross, mountain bike, um Just generally riding your bike is there anything you feel like in the future you want to do with that influence or because it can be quite a responsibility but there are some big changes that you can make in people's perception of things with that with that sort of audience
1: yeah I'd, i'd like to think so and and um yeah like i feel like if i yeah i kind of get inspired by different people and i'd i'd like to think that other people um, view me as that person that can kind of inspire them to do those things and just to kind of push themselves and to, yeah, realise that you're capable of a lot more than you actually think you are a lot of the time. Um, and yeah, I don't know about anything specific. Uh, maybe some kind of adventury type stuff in the future, where like we're based around the bike. But yeah, it's hard to say. Like right now. I'm very happy to inspire people by doing what I love doing uh, and if they can kind of get something out of that then that's the perfect thing so whether that's me pushing myself and making that step to Belgium and if I can inspire like like five kids to go and to their parents and ask to, to go do that then that's really, that's that's perfect so it's just the little things I guess yeah, that yeah, I can
0: And so going forward with Trinity Racing obviously the the road team has been was announced at the start of the year and uh haven't haven't raced much for for (laughs) obvious reasons um but do you do you plan to race on the road
1: yeah that was that was always the plan and that kind of came about during the during the cross season I, i joined trinity as a cross rider and well as a bike rider but um just for the cross team and and the team got to know me, I got to know the team, and just through different conversations, uh, kind of realized that the, the road side of things would be a, a cool thing for me to try as well. Like, Trinity gives me an amazing platform to, to do it, like, the best in the UK, obviously. And um, so, from, from both ways, it's a really good kind of, of match. Like, they've seen what I can do, and my level of commitment, and my attitude. and uh if and they're going to be able to support me for that so yeah ideally in the perfect world i would have been racing road and a bit of mountain bike but there's there's hopefully still time for that and um but in the back of my head i know that salt is kind of is is my focus and the other disciplines will kind of just kind of reinforce that um yeah i was super excited and i still i still am because road is that is this kind of little bit of unknown like I've done little bits of it but really little bits and I'm such a novice and there's so much to learn which is which is exciting like being being a noob in something is actually quite good because you don't have expe- expectations like you you can only go up really so we'll see how we get on I think there's there's things that are starting to come onto the calendar which is exciting and and we'll just have to see where where things go and hopefully over the next few weeks it becomes more more locked in
0: yeah, I mean, it can, it can only it can only help with the points in other other disciplines. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's something that I definitely would look back and think was a possible mistake was not embracing those other disciplines as much as because I wanted to focus so much on the disciplines that I thought I was better at, mm-hmm. um, purely because I started the disciplines earlier, not necessarily because I would have been better at them. Um, yeah, but yeah so i'm definitely interested in getting into some mountain biking and definitely yeah. gravel um yeah just because it's gravel sort of bridges the gap a bit bit nicer yeah. than a mountain going straight to mountain biking yeah. you you've just um you've been posting quite a lot recently about um you riding the new diverge mm-hmm. it looks like a pretty cool pretty cool bike and you've been doing some impressive rides <laughs> impressive rides on it How how is it as a bike too.
1: Yeah, I, I'm just impressed. It, it kind of bridges that gap over all of the disciplines that kind of fits my riding perfectly. It's, yeah, it's just the, the tool for me to go and do all these things. And uh, yeah, I was chatting to someone else about it and it's, it's kind of, it's not a specialist in anything, which is perfect. It is not like a specialized venge. It is not like a mountain bike. It's just kind of the in-between of all of them, and you can do all of them on this bike, not to their full capability, but that's why the bike's so great, is that I can go out on a road ride and do 35k an hour, or I can go and do like a 250k like slog with like loads of climbing. It's, yeah, it's this kind of, yeah, do it all bike, which, which suits me really well.
0: Yeah, you were saying that you were going out and doing sort of your the, ro- the efforts that I would consider, oh, you could only do that yeah. on a road bike on a road, sort of you going out and doing those efforts on your gravel bike on some sort of off-road terrain, like to, to have that sort of um, you wake up in the morning a little bit uninspired by your training session yeah. or something to have that sort mm-hmm. of variability um in what sort of machine you're going to be using and yeah. um can 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 bring some motivation as well
1: yeah and uh and like 50 percent of the time i'm i'm literally just doing my efforts on the road like everyone else it's just like normal because yeah it's easy you don't have to think but it's those other kind of times where you want to just make it a little bit interesting and and it's that like five ten percent that makes a difference because you're just going to get a little bit more out or whatever and or whether you're on a rest day and yeah it's just little little things that that, um, and the variety, I think that's the biggest thing I've done this summer is the variety, like I've been riding mountain bike road hand gravel in training. and I think I've got lots out of that, just especially with no racing, they need that kind of yeah finding new routes or exploring and, and that's been a conscious thing as well. the um, doing crazy challenges for the sake of having someone having something to focus on um because there are no dates on this kind of big empty calendar um so having this kind of physical challenge to focus on was was really important
0: yeah no, gravel is definitely an ultra endurance is definitely something that i want to explore a bit more <laughs> yeah um right just moving on to some slightly different questions not necessarily about yeah about the last couple of years um if if you weren't a cyclist what do you think you'd you'd be you'd be getting up to uh Probably
1: and not like, other sports <laughs> oh not other sports well I was gonna say like hill running or mountain, <laughs> like mountain running maybe something in media I think I've been probably media in sport like uh, I've been following lots of Formula One recently and just that sport to be not necessarily be in the sport as in like a driver because I've probably been very good but like some sort of media role in in motorsport or yeah just yeah I think yeah I, I get a lot out of the media side of things like the buzz and the the, the timing and yeah there's some kind of specific things that i really enjoy and yeah i think media or um like big like budget like projects or kind of freelancy stuff yeah that's kind of what i w- enjoy right now and it would be cool to do as a job
0: i i don't think i'd be too far off with my answer actually yeah. i uh Yeah, that sort of thing interests me in a similar way. um, What sort of things, obviously, (laughs) these are questions that I asked, planning on answering, asking them to each and every person that comes on the um, podcast. You've talked quite a lot about what you do in your spare time. I'm not sure you have much more spare time than just just making videos and writing, but is there anything you do in your spare time?
1: Um, Yeah, like my spare time recently has been a lot more... Uh, a lot less productive just because when you train lots you can't do as much in your spare time uh, so yeah lots of uh, not as much video editing recently really I've kind of stalled a bit on that which is I'm fine with so more eating and more cooking uh, which uh, goes well with the training
0: what's the best piece of advice you think you've been given
1: um, I think my kind of coach and mentor Uh, James McCallum from Scotland he just as we just through different times we kind of um, an important thing is to remember that that I was always told to remember that I am a bike rider in every sense in terms of like as long as I keep going through the process and keep chipping away the, the doors will open the people will come knocking I think you don't a lot of things you don't have to go out and really work too hard for like if if you keep shifting away at the the basic stuff then people will come looking for your name or they'll want you on their team or they'll want you involved in a project um that was a big thing i was kind of worried about when when shifting more to saddle cross i felt like i was i was like closing doors with other things with mountain bike and with road and stuff but it was never like that it was literally just taking an opportunity that that had come up and that's a great piece of advice as well is to just jump to every opportunity whether it sounds rubbish or not like you can weigh up like how much of my time is it going to be worth and could it lead to something really good because um, the best the best connections come from like unexpected places like whether that's literally just running into someone at an event and an event and that means that you now have their phone number and that means you now have a contact to a team or a contact to a sponsor um the more opportunities you take the more the more people you're going to end up kind of um coming into contact with
0: yeah no i think i think definitely with the um with the under 23 scene they it can be so easy to look at what other people are doing and get too caught, caught up on yeah. that and so just chipping away at yourself and chipping yeah. not chipping away at yourself and chipping away at what you're what you're um what you're trying to do is is a good way of just making that progression without worrying yeah. too much about and other, just other and people. just take
1: opportunities because you'll be surprised how many people are looking out for you or want you to do well. Um, everyone. Yeah. Like if you're at a level in cycling, there's, you're going to have lots of passionate people around you. So make use of them. Um, and yeah, just, just use all the resources that you have to you, like clubs, teams, bridge cycling, whatever just, yeah, get as much out of them as possible.
0: Okay. So just the, the one last thing we've been, we've been going for quite a while actually, um, just some quick fire ones it's just only a couple yeah. a couple words needed to answer um are you a cafe stopper or do you not stop on rides uh stop take pictures but not to uh, cafe <laughs> uh, when you're racing do you race tubeless tubular or clincher i guess that's hard with multiple disciplines but all of, all of just them. generally all, <laughs> of, all, them, of, all of them all um, of them the classic question rube or flanders uh flanders would you say uh cobbles, climbs and I'll add mud in there for you. <laughs> uh probably climbs.
1: Uh right. muddy climbs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, okay. Uh, cats or dogs?
1: Uh
0: dogs. Um uh, do you prefer films or series? Uh, probably films, yeah, films. I'm
1: not a binge watch. I'm not I don't really binge watch, I just films,
0: yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm definitely series, I think. Um Coffee, tea, or neither?
1: Uh, neither Fanta, Fanta lemon in Spain. Alright,
0: fair enough. Yeah, I think I think quite a lot of people are going to go. When you're a young rider, uh, there's there's definitely a significant less amount of people um, who drink coffee and tea. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean it's pretty standard. Just I think general population statistics, yeah. not necessarily so <laughs> cycling, but um, yeah, coffee's a little less popular. Um, one last. Thing, just um if you have any not that this is going to get you any more followers um but if you have if you want to just uh plug your youtube channel or instagram or something just so people know where to find you and see your content
1: yeah so it's just cameron mason on youtube and cameroony mason on instagram and
0: twitter and all that
1: so yeah
0: cool thank you then. very much for coming on and uh, yeah i'll see you on a zoom call on thursday probably <laughs> yeah exactly or friday yeah. friday Thank- yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah all right thanks cheers thanks
1: for having me perfect bye
0: i hope you enjoyed that chat i don't know too much about psychocross so it was interesting to hear what cameron had to say on it next week i'll be talking to baron mclaren's fred wright he was a club mate of mine for many years at vcl and has taken the step up from the under 23 category to world tour for 2020 he gives us an insight on his success at the under 23 level, the British Senior Academy, and of course the process of stepping up to the World Tour after his stagiaire with the CCC team.